As the 21st century automotive world evolves and new electric vehicle technologies are introduced, new leaders will emerge on the landscape. The EV Power Podcast by RPM News takes you behind the headlines as your guide to this new generation of sustainable transportation. Hey everyone, welcome to the EV Power Podcast. My name is Peter. With me as always is RPM News Weekly co-founder Rich Tabor. Howdy Peter, how's it going this week? Good, good. Uh, you know, the, the winter is officially kicking in and I hate the cold. Oh yeah, yeah. We had some freezing last night. Uh, the, the, the Florida house is looking pretty good. I, I gotta make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you build it, build yeah. it, build it with a room for me too. And it's funny because now that the weather is changing, I've been getting a lot of vehicles with plugs. <laughs> I don't know why, but now, now I'm getting a lot of pl- like I, uh, you know, we'll get into it a little later. But like the Genesis GV70 Electrified, I just had, and and, and uh, I I don't know if the cold is affecting the charging, but you know. Uh, it did seem like it wasn't charging all that quick, but we can talk about that when we talk about our, I guess, rides of the week. And, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've got a couple uh, of uh, hybrids from Toyota that I've had over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and uh, you know, speaking of Toyota, they've there's, there's been this whole like wave of I don't want to say misinformation because there's a little bit of basis to it, but you know, there's been this a lot of gloom and doom. Uh, about the EV market in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just me personally. Maybe it's because I, I look at a lot of car sites and the algorithms are, you know, kicking this stuff at me. But you know, a lot of manufacturers, uh, or not even manufacturers, but a lot of like news sites and sort of wannabe news sites, like the I don't want to discount anything people do, but you know, bloggers and a lot of videos. You know, a lot of people get on YouTube and start shouting about, you know, the EV market's dead and all that stuff. And, and, you know, Toyota's kind of caught up a little bit in that in regards to EVs, not hybrids. They do well with hybrids. But, um, you know, as I said, there's been this whole, like, flood of disinformation. There always is with EVs. You know you know that. And anybody yeah, who follows EVs sure. knows. It, it's always gloom and doom, the battery fires, the mining. There's always some, some objection some expert has. But, you know, it really kind of called my attention to it because uh what, what caught my eye was of course elon musk right he's the 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 guy who pretty much helped spur on the whole ev transformation and and now he you know he he uh it's funny because he inadvertently commented on a post and this kind of kicked off this this negative news cycle that i noticed there was a there's this you know a wannabe analyst from, I think he's in the UK, actually. He's on, on Twitter or whatever you want to call it these days. And he, he posted this 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 uh, analysis that he did of the Ford F-150 Lightning. And it basically was, he literally, his, his tweet says, uh, wholesale sales of the F-150 Lightning have experienced a sharp decline, plummeting by 49%. So this guy got these numbers. He basically went on, he didn't even go on car gurus. He went on like a wannabe car gurus and did a, a nationwide search of F-150 Lightnings. And he looked at how many were in dealer inventories. Now, I've dealt a lot with car dealers, uh, you know, especially their websites. And, and, you know, my day job is, you know, selling products to car dealers. Mm-hmm. So you can't count on what their inventories say online. You can't go on car gurus and go, well, that dealership has 42 F-150s. Because it doesn't work like that. Right. When the dealership gets a VIN number assigned, their system kicks it. They, they put it on. So unless there's a picture of that car 
at the dealership, usually it's not, it's either in transit or they've had the VIN assigned, you know, because they want to get them out there. They want to get those VINs on. And, you know, we got this coming, especially when it's a hot product. Sure. So, I mean, the whole guy, the guy's whole, whole reasoning was flawed. You know, he's trying to say that, that, uh, that Ford hasn't sold 30% of the lightnings that they've manufactured. It was oh. basically, he's taking numbers. You know, he's trying to come I mean, making all this stuff up. And that's fine. Whatever. Well, he's just another and not only another that, quack on Twitter. You know, and not only that is that the whole flaw in that is that Ford doesn't really represent uh, a major share of the EV market anyway. Um, if you take a look right. at Cox yeah. Automotive, they they've put out some really very upbeat news about EV sales. In fact, uh, in the uh, uh, last quarter, you know, the U.S. Uh, sales surpassed 300,000 in quarter three. Uh, even though uh, Tesla had, you know, their share of the market had dropped a little bit, overall market is like doing really well. Uh, you know, quarter three, 300 sales. And, uh, you know, if you read through uh, this report from Cox Automotive, and of course, Cox Automotive, their data analysis, um, analysts that, uh, you know, they, they take a serious approach to the, uh, to the numbers. Um, you know, and they've even got a little graph that they've got in there, uh, which kind of indicates like uh, what percentage uh, uh, that these uh, uh, the share, the total brand, um, the the quarter three EV share of the total brand sales. Um, and, right, uh, and and Ford is it Ford is up fourteen percent. Well, year week. Yeah, but their their the total percentage of of the uh, uh, their their share of the total brand sales is only like four. 4.2 percent you know where you've got yeah. uh, some other folks that are really invested uh, in ev automotive you know look at Hun hyundai is uh, at 9.8 and then you've got uh, mercedes was up is at 12 percent of the market bmw is capturing the largest share it's like 15.6 percent um, you know so you know it's just kind of a, an interesting thing that is happening out there you know with the uh, call it misinformation or you or call it, um, you know, uh, prognostication, if you want, uh, that there's, a, right. you know, there's a downturn in the market and everything. And so people are trying to like read tea leaves and, and come up with these, um, you know, foregone conclusions uh, and, and then creating a case for it. Um, and yeah, because uh, of, in, in, in the case, oh, sorry. No, that's right. No, you, you, you're right on target here, I uh, think, with... Uh, uh, the sense I'm getting is that uh, you know you're sort of reading through the 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 poorly contrived information. Well, and the funny thing is, what I was getting at with, with Elon Musk commented, "Wow, right? Just a wow." He's commented on this stupid tweet, and and the, there's an irony to it too. If you know Tesla's history, when Tesla first started launching the Model Three, they were hammered by short sellers, and there would be constant, constant, like headlines on uh, Seeking Alpha, which is like an investor site, but it's kind of like an investor site that anyone can write an article for. It would be Model C, Model 3 piling up on dealer lots, Model 3, you know, Elon Musk fraud, uh, backlog is fake. And, and it's funny because they got pummeled on that. And then the Model Y came up, same thing, same thing, backing up on lots, inventories are full. And they would fly drones over to Tesla dealerships. They'd fly drones over the factory. And it's ironic that to me that he would post wow on that. And what it did was, of course, it fuels a lot of fire because he's now Mr. You know, weirdly in the middle, like Republican, you know, Trumpy almost wannabe. 
And, and so, of course, it fuels the other side, and they're like, oh, no, 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 you know, this is Florida's getting killed now. Everyone, every, so this, this story now becomes real. And, and to the point where uh, Inside EVs did a report on this tweet, and Ford sent them a correction. And it's funny because I was reading this, and I'm thinking all the same things that Ford said. What I just said, Ford actually sent Inside EVs had to, they had to post a whole, like, correction instead of pulling the thing down they they just posted a big correction that ford basically said this wasn't true it's like why not post it take it down take your, your article down and usually i have a lot of respect for inside evs you know it's it's kind of a shame that that they jumped right in and went with these numbers and like we were pointing out like um you know electric also has a, a report out about ev sales based on this cox report that we're we were both looking at and you know year over year is pretty positive yeah. Uh, for for most brands, I mean, it's weird to me. Like like EV production is catching up, so you got to have cars sit on lots, you know. And mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before the show. We started recording. You know, you were basically along saying something along the lines of, "Well, look at ICE vehicles. I mean, nobody's writing reports about you know the hundred ICE vehicles that have been sitting on dealer lots for months. <laughs> yep. What's the difference? You know, that's so true. Uh, and and it, and it's when you look at it, it it's funny because you know the minute this this news hits gm who i i i I just think they they continuously fumble the the, their ev launch like like gm has been so inconsistent you know they they started out with the bolt and they're like oh we got this great car and then they kind of just they kind of just quietly let it sit and then (laughs) when trump came along you know gm was right there with trump trying to battle against california to to remember i don't know if you remember the whole fight between Trump wanted to take away California's, uh, uh, what was the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? California had like, like, they were the ones that set the automotive standards mm-hmm. for the United States. They had sort of had like a power or, or, you know, they had leeway when it came to automotive standards. And, and, and um, Trump came along, he's like, why is this? And he was trying to, to, to abolish that. Basically, he didn't want California to set the EPA standards because he wanted to, obviously. And, and Mary Barra was right there with him. Like they were fighting against California. And then when Joe Biden got elected, before he was even in office, GM flip-flopped and went, oh, we're not, we're not with Trump anymore. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we, we, yeah. we backed down. They, they literally came out and said, uh, you know, we backed down. And when you look at it, it's, it's just this, uh, you know, GM released a statement saying something along the lines of, you know, withstand with the president-elect's call to bring the country back and all this stuff and they gave into the you know and 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 their efforts to accelerate electrification so it was it was complete flip-flop and then you know now and then gm what do they do they they launch you know they they start working seriously on evs they start investing seriously and then they they launch a a gigantic suv and pickup truck like with the hummer you know and and I and I think their their whole point of that missed the mark, you know. They wanted to say I, I know what they wanted to say. They wanted to say, here's the most environmental disaster vehicle we've ever made, and it's coming back as an EV. But right. the thing's a monster when you look at it, and it has a, like a two tier battery pack. It weighs nine thousand pounds. It's impressive. I've never driven one. I haven't driven in one, but I've seen them. It is an impressive vehicle. But it's it's just so right. outrageously unnecessary when you don't have battery production capability to build something like that, you know. Well, and yeah. now they're struggling to get their their 
they're like the bread and butter cars, the the you know the the Blazer EV and the the um, Traverse, you know, like the 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 cars that would actually sell when you get into that right. sort of compact to midsize SUV, the Equinox EV, which is supposed to be pretty good. You know, they don't have they're like, oh, we don't have batteries. We'll stop building. <laughs> They've got the Silverado, the Hummer, yeah. and the Sierra EVs all trying to get into production at once. All of them have ginormous battery packs, and it's like this whole like. If they had done the Blazer EV and the Equinox EV first, then... sure, you know, and you know, it's an interesting thing because in in too many ways, it seems that GM is like putting their finger up in the wind and seeing which way it's blowing, uh, and they're, they're making decisions that uh, don't seem to be um, so far out into the future. You know that it, it, you know it's like they're almost like they're shooting from the hip. At least it leaves that feeling when you when you look at some of what's going well, on. Well, no, you're you're right because like. When now last year they they said oh we're discontinuing the bolt and EV buyers were like disappointed they they got you know negative feedback people like the bolt's a great car it's a great value it mm-hmm. it comes with a lot of features for a car in that class and it's powerful you know more powerful than say a Chevy Spark you know it's no Corvette but you know it's powerful it's easy to drive it's it's efficient. And then they went, ah, oh, we're not really getting rid of it. We're, we're just kidding. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They flip flop completely on it. Yeah. And I think what they wanted to do was retire the, the bolts so they could talk people into the Equinox and the Blazer. You know, and I like their strategy. I like the way they're doing this. They're not coming up with weird names. I like that they're just doing the Blazer EV, the Equinox EV, the Silverado EV. Like, I, I it annoys me like Mercedes introducing this whole EQS or EQ nomenclature and, and you know, I like the fact that they're keeping it simple and they, they're going to have the same car, but different, you know, it's not like Volkswagen. I think one of Volkswagen's biggest failings is with the, with the ID says nobody knows what they are. You know, what is an ID four? What is an ID three? If you tell right. me what a golf is and a Passat, I know what that is. Yeah. But like when you have yeah. to stop and calculate what and Lincoln made this mistake back in the nineties and two thousands with the MK series, everything sure. was MK this and that. I still don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> I have to look them up. You know, and, and uh, not many you know, people so GM, did. Uh, yeah, right. And not many people bought them. And um, well, you know, GM might be facing yeah, the so, same thing because their percentage of of the market is 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 low in almost every respect. Uh, GMC is not not even one percent of the market share. Um, if you look at Chevrolet, Chevrolet's at three point six percent of the market share. Uh, Cadillac is the only one that uh, seems to be pretty well represented. They're eight point eight and a half percent market share. Uh, in EVs, um, you know, I, there's yeah. one thing too. I, um, just to go back to this Cox uh, study, uh, there's this. If I, if you don't mind my reading from from the study, um, their analysis here, um, oh, this is something they say. Among automakers, I'm quoting them. Uh, among automakers selling internal combustion engines (ICE) and EV products, Audi, BMW, and Volvo had the richest mix of EVs in quarter three uh, of this year. Uh, th- and this report came out October 12th. Uh, uh, BMW had um, the highest uh, proportion with over 15% of its sales being EVs, followed by Audi and Volvo with over 12% of their sales being EVs, uh, according to Kelly Bluebook estimates. Um, and uh, Mercedes, Porsche, and VW all had EV mix in excess of 10% uh, last quarter. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's pretty clear that when you when you read through this, that you know, there's there's a significant shift, and 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 certainly the the numbers uh, 
as far as like where EV sales have have risen, you know, when if someone's saying, "Oh, no, no, there's not enough EV sales; they're, they're dropping," it's not true. Um, you know, I mean, we saw those many years. We we lived through them and we watched this. How how you know you could barely get one to two percent of the market uh, in total market uh, in EV sales. Well, guess what? The market is now up to seven point nine percent of totally industry sales right. in quarter three, and that and and and, people, a, and it's a and a, it's a record it's because it's up from six point one percent a year ago and seven point two percent in quarter two of this year. So clearly, that you know, the, we're seeing this increase. You know, it's not you know suddenly going up ten or twenty percent, but you know we're seeing a steady increase. I mean, to think that you know just a few years back that we were maybe at two percent and we're already up closer to eight percent. That's in the in terms of the auto industry. That's a huge, you know, and, and steep curve to go up that much a percentage of total sales. Yeah. And people would have laughed at you if you told them it would get to three or five percent. You know, mm-hmm. oh, EVs will be. If you told people even year, a few years ago that EV sales would be at seven percent, they would laugh. At you. Like analysts, people who know the yeah. business. That's uh, they would. Yeah, I think and, and it's right. funny. You know, you pointed out you pointed out percentages, and it goes to show you, like, is it a lack of uh, just enthusiasm, or you know, is does it is it because of the brand is just not wanting to do it, or because of the brand can't. And when you look at Toyota, Toyota is at 0.5%, right, of, of their total EV share, of the total EV share of the market for Q3. It's like, it's so strange. Subaru, you know, especially from Subaru a, is at one. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and, say, and with Toyota, that, 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 uh, that 0.5% is, is so interesting, you know, because here's the, a company that sort of, uh, you know, really made hay with, with the, their hybrids. Uh, and they continue to, uh, but they seem to be stuck in that mode. You know, they're they're not really producing uh, full-on all-electric EVs. Right, and they and they they keep announcing a solid-state battery. It's been it's last fifteen years. I think I read about Toyota's solid-state battery coming next year. But uh, just to finish up my thought here, now when you look at look, Toyota's at 0.5 percent in total market share, Subaru at 1.7. Right, they sell the exact same product made on the exact same assembly line. <laughs> so so what is Toyota's excuse if mm-hmm. Subaru can pull off 1.7% and they're just getting started with the Sol- the Soltara when Toyota sells the exact same car uh, so it's like it, it's got to be the brand it's not it's it, it's not that they can't they can mm-hmm. yeah and they had a little stumble you know cuz that they that, those cars are essentially the same the the you know that they're producing those two from those two manufacturers for sure. Um, but they end up that little stumble where uh, uh, they're having some uh, honest to goodness a, a wheel falling off. You know, <laughs> the wheels uh, fell off their EV rollover. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. you could say that quite literally. Uh, uh, well, fortunately they fixed they fixed that. Um, but yeah, so that was that yeah. was a rocky start for them. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and I haven't driven those yet either. I haven't driven either of them, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I well, but, but you know what? Uh, I did have a couple of the Toyota uh, hybrids, and uh, you know, to drive around for a week apiece. Uh, one was the Toyota Corolla Cross uh, XSE, uh, the hybrid version, and uh, you know, kind of interesting. Uh, it, it's uh, it's more it's more Corolla. Um, than hybrid, I think, in a kind of a way, uh, it, you know, it's uh, 42 miles per gallon combined, which is, a, you know, a decent enough number 
by a standard that you might have looked at 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, all in all, that's, you know, when you look at what you can do with electric, that, that 42 miles per gallon begins to look like a smaller, you know, not, not, not such a, a great number. Uh, obviously, compared with, you know, what some vehicles were getting in the mid to low 20s, uh, many vehicles, you know, going back 10, 12, 15 years, um, you know, that's obviously a very good number. Um, and yeah. the horsepower is pretty good. It's 196, that horsepower. But, you know, it feels like a, you know, it feels like an average kind of lower end car. Um, not that I'm trying to talk it down, but what I mean is, is that, you know, you know, you're not driving in a luxury car. It looks pretty sharp. Um, you know, and it's, and it's kind of made to, for a little bit of off-roading is an eight inch ground clearance. Um, and, uh, you know, so you kind of get the idea of what did, what they're going for with that. And, you know, so, but look, clearly, yeah, clearly it's a car that's, you know, at a lower end in the market. Um, but, but, a you know, handsome car anyway. Um, and it doesn't pretend to be anything more than that. You know, it's what it is. Yeah, so we always uh, get a lot of cars up market. If they if they want you in something more up market, they've got a lot of choices. Right. Yeah. I mean, the starting MSRP is is uh, right around twenty eight thousand for for this car. Yeah. Um, and then you got the the, the Prius, you know, which uh, I had last week, and uh, you know, it, it's it, as as usual. Uh, you know, it really does what it's supposed to do. Um, the, you know, this one, is, I was getting about 52 miles per gallon, which is, it was right on target with what the EPA is uh, claiming that you would get with the car. Um, and uh, it kind of, you know, as far as horsepower, it rivals what the Corolla Cross gets. And it's, it's 194 is its rated net hosp, uh, horsepower. And, um, you know, it, it it's, a, it's an interesting piece of equipment, Um you know, you definitely feel you're in a in a I'll say a a richer car than when you're in the Corolla Corolla sure. Cross. Um, yeah, you know, but it's a smaller. You know, and you know, it's it, its profile is is smaller, um, but it just has a, a a more up up market feel when you're when you're in the in the Prius. Kind of interesting. Yeah, and that's no mistake. Um, I mean, that, that, yeah, it, kind of interesting. I, I took it out um, for a drive. I, I probably would have been better off with the Corolla Cross in this case, but um, I took it out for a drive. My wife and I wanted to go for, do some leaf peeping while the foliage was looking really nice uh, back a, a week and a half ago. And uh, so we took it out into this forest area that's uh, here in southern New England. And... Um, it kind of borders on a city and, and uh, you know, a couple of towns. And uh, once you get out there, you know, the roads, uh, they, the, the pavement just dis disappears and uh, you're on dirt road and going through the forest, you know, it's uh, clearly not, uh, not residential in, in any respect. And uh, the roads were pretty messed up. Uh, lots of potholes, you know, filled with water because we've been having quite a bit of rain. Um, you know, and the potholes, they were getting kind of large, uh, you know, as we were making our way through and we were, we were aiming to get across the other, on, on the other side of that would hook back up with uh, one of the local routes, Route 79, that would get us um, in the general vicinity of an area that's called Profile Rock, which you can get up pretty high up over the forest canopy and, and, and we figured that would look pretty neat. But when we got, I'd say about halfway down this road between where the pavement 
ended and where we'd pick up some pavement again, it was an all-out pond in the road. It was like from one end of the road to the one side of the road to the other with the, you know, the forest on either side of it. So there wasn't much room to kind of get up on the edge of the road. And it was probably, you know, anywhere from, you know, 40, 40 feet long. And it was like a pond in the road. Um, and uh, so I was going to try to start, you know, nudging my way along one edge uh, and figuring that it wouldn't be that deep. And my wife was like, um, you know, trying to get my better angels of reason to say, nah, this is not a good idea, you know, <laughs> not, not with the Prius, um, because we had no idea. It wasn't a familiar road where we could say, oh, yeah, this is only 8 or 10 inches deep. I had no idea. It could have been 24 inches deep in the center. This was like a pond out there. Uh, I mean, literally a pond. So, uh, you know, once I just started to barely inch the tires, and I said, yeah, you know, I think that this is probably not the wise idea. Now, whether to roll across with, with, a, with a, you know, it's, sits up a little bit higher, uh, whether it would have made any difference, uh, I don't know. Um, but at least I would have maybe had a more of a sporting chance with that to get across that with a, with a Corolla Cross. But uh, I just envisioned myself out in the middle of this forest uh, where phone service was basically nil um, and uh, sitting in a car that's now in 24 inches of water <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. and not, not such uh, a good place to be. And, uh, you know, so I just kind of backed it out and we, we headed back and tried to get, make our way around, which we ran into the same thing as we'd get down some of the other roads that, that, that the pavement would just drop off and you'd end up with just you know, out there in, in the wilds. So I'll have to make my way back there once. Uh, maybe I'll get a um, Toyota Tundra or something like that. And I was gonna say, uh, yeah, you got to recommend the Tundra or request the Tundra so you can get back out there. But yeah. I think you made the right decision when you consider the two cars. You know, the, the Corolla Cross is going for that adventure lifestyle <laughs> Subaru yeah. yep. thing, and and it's probably you know, not really skid plating, but it's probably got more appropriate plating underneath as far as like plastics or even maybe even metal. I don't. Whereas a Prius, of course, is a very compact, low. I mean, the new Prius, if you haven't seen it, is is well, not you because you've seen it, obviously. But like, if if you know you haven't checked out the Prius lately, that that car is is it's it's been upgraded. It's kind of gone away from the quirky and gone towards sporty. So it seems to sit a little lower. It's you know, it's definitely got a a sportier design than it ever has, mm -hmm. and it's actually kind of you know hitting the stride it's like it's a home run and, and a lot of reviewers appraising it for the performance just as much as the efficiency which never has been a you know a, a thing before with the prius well you're and right it's even kind of opening up for more mainstream adoption because you know the last generation prius especially the prime it's just was it was just kind of it always had been quirky but i think the last generation was just i don't know it was just something that was overdone you know mm -hmm. and and, and uh, yeah. Well, you know, in that, the, the, in that in that whole oh, idea yeah. of, of the Prius being a little bit more sporty, like uh, they definitely have it sitting lower. Uh, it, you know, my uh, testament to that is that uh, a couple of times on getting in, because it is you have to kind of crouch down. I did bonk my head on the on the frame of the car, and I was like, "Oh my God, this car! I got to remember." You, it's definitely like getting into a sports car. You you got to kind of get down a little bit lower. Uh, but it looks really sharp. It's just the lines are really nice. It's a, it's a good looking car. Yeah. So what what have you been driving? Uh, I have had a string of plug-in vehicles, which is interesting because 
they all they all seem to come at once. I, I don't know why that is, and, and when the weather changes. So <laughs> I don't know which one we've talked about, but to kind of quick review, I've had the uh, we'll do I guess we'll do like a, a lightning round of cars that I've had. Um, I've had the the Mazda CX ninety plug in hybrid, which I love the car. Yeah, I'm not so impressed with the plug-in hybrid drivetrain, at least not yet. And I think that the car I had might actually even had a problem. Uh, I had the Mercedes EQS oh, yeah. SUV, which you had, which, of course, that's the car you took to New York, probably the exact same car. And, uh, you know, it, it, it really is a uh, – it, it's hard to explain. Like, if you've driven Mercedes, you know, Mercedes, of course, at the top, you know, of, of what you can get as far as luxury cars. I mean, they're the one everybody wants to be. You know, like the car I'm driving this week is the Genesis GV70, but its target is Mercedes. You know, they they do that. And when you add electrics to a car like that, like the EQS SUV, uh, it it just it multiplies what was already there. So the Mercedes, even a gasoline engine Mercedes, is just smooth, quiet. You know, performance. So it it flies down the road. It handles well. When you add an electric drivetrain to a car like that, it, 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 it just multiplies what it is. I mean, electric drivetrains just hand in hand. I mean, of course, I'm not talking about the AMG cars. People love the AMG, the big you know, V12s and, and the turbos and all that. But when you're talking about the average daily driver of Mercedes that you're going to sit in traffic in, this is like electrification that just fits it so well because it just makes the car all that much quieter, all that much smoother. And the tech they throw in, of course, the electrics, they, they give them a little bit more tech. Uh, right off, you, you know, the car costs more, but you get more tech usually, mm-hmm. um, which is the same as the case as the electrified GV70, because I think they start at like what would be the mid-range in the gas engines. So what I got, I had the GV70 uh, all-wheel drive Prestige, which I think they're all all-wheel drive the electrics. I think they both have dual motor all-wheel drive. And, and you know it's the same thing as the Mercedes. It's just this, uh, it's just this comfortable, well-equipped, quiet, remarkably quiet. Like I could have done this podcast from the the GV70. It probably would have been quieter than what you hear in my background. We should, we'll have to try at that. this point. Uh, I wanted to. We should have done that. I mean, we had a phone conversation, and I don't think you knew I was in the car. I was like, oh, I'm in the car right now. Uh, <laughs> it's just that quiet, you know. Yep. In the car I have, of course, the colors were great. It was that new, like I think it's. Let's see, Seville Silver is what it's called. This is a $600 paint option, so it better be nice. You know, and this car, of course, being the Prestige, had the Napa leather. Uh, you know, no third row, but I think that's why you, you move up to the, you know, you're going to have to move up to the GV80, although they don't have the electrified GV80 yet, do they? Uh, I think what's coming next. Hmm. Um, you know, and then before that, I had the, the Kia EV6, which is a cousin of this car, and uh, just... You can't say enough good things about that. I love that car. I, that's what one I would definitely consider if I was buying another car. Right. Just yeah. the performance, the handling, like even with the Genesis, because it is very similar powertrain, you know, and they both have, I want to say about 450 horsepower, or maybe a little more. Right. And, uh, are they, know, are they it space handle sloppy? It doesn't, are they, uh, are they, I'm sorry. Uh, um, you know, space wise, are they about the same? I no, I think that the the GV70 is a little larger, mm-hmm. um, because it's more it's more of your traditional SUV, whereas the EV6 has that swoopy back, you know, sure. yeah. more hatchbacky yep. wannabe, uh, comparable probably to the Mercedes, 
which is interesting because I was disappointed because the Mercedes didn't have a third row, which is kind of weird. Hmm. Uh, and, and, and the way that that's one of the things I don't like about the, the way they've done the, the EQ version versus the gas engine. So when you get a GLS, it has the taller back and it, I think it's standard third row in the GLS, but in the, in the EQS SUV, it's got the more slanted back to make it more aerodynamic and you have to order the third row, which I was looking back there thinking, this is awfully small. I don't know how you could fit. <laughs> somebody in the th- it must be a kid only third row you know that, yeah, that right yeah. when you need it third row not exactly a, let's go let's all pile in and go to a concert third row yeah, yeah and i have a feeling they probably won't be selling a lot of those third rows anyway yeah um, and it's a shame because they're they're both great cars it would be a it would be a hard choice to go between like an eq car versus like a genesis because i do love you know there is some things to love of mercedes like i would love to drive I haven't had the EQE sedan yet or the EQS. I've only driven the SUVs. Actually, I haven't even had the EQB, which I think is more their grounded sort of right in that perfect market, more more close to right. maybe what the GV70 is. Yeah. And but, that, you know, that's it's, like it's, sort it's, of... It's not built. The EQB is not built on a, like an electric platform. Um, it's sort of a oh, mod- yeah. modified okay. platform. And, and, and um, yeah, so a lot of them are, you know, that's yeah. what, you know, that's, it, it's who can hide it the best, you know, that, that's the cars that are, I mean, some of them, it's obvious that they had to make sacrifices, but, you know, that's where benefits, you know, like Tesla and Lucid, where they came in completely clean sheet, no gas engines, and, mm-hmm. you know, they really can reap those benefits of right. starting with a fresh platform. Well, listen. I'm I'm taking a look here at our clock and it's ticking uh, ticking away as as the uh, like wanting to do. Um, oh yeah. So uh, I suppose we wrap it up. We kind of drifted between uh, topics there, but uh, you know, just a quick wrap up on the whole EV market is is you know don't believe the if if you see this this EV doom and gloom, don't believe the hype. And I, and and there are a lot of forces that that you know EV production catching up to what was missing, backlogs getting you know. Yeah. The negative, the negative backlogs and cars they've ordered. Yeah, the negativity uh, is is not only overstated; it's uh, in some cases just completely not not true. There's two other, there's two other things I was kind of thinking about too. Is 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 uh, tax credits because they're they're modifying the tax credit in January, so mm-hmm. it'll be instantaneous. It won't be like based on tax. So the EV credit won't be. You don't have to apply for it and get a tax credit. It's going to be at point of sale, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that might be, you know, if I was waiting to buy, a, if I was going to buy an EV right now, I think I would wait and see what happens in 24. And if you can get an off the top benefit more than, than filing and seeing if you get the full, you don't even get the full half the time, you know, you might not qualify for the full 7,500, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the car. So I think that might be one of the, the reasons. And also uh, just that, like I said, the flood of negative news, you know, there's a bunch of stories about the F-150, how it can't tow. And, and, and making big deals about it when people realistically if you're gonna if you're buying a towing a, tr- a ford truck for towing you're at the f-250 or above you're not even looking right. at the f-150 anyway but you know there's a lot of factors so don't uh don't believe the hype and you know maybe maybe it actually work out for consumers because if they've got these cars languishing in the lots then you know maybe there's deals to be found i so, bet I <laughs> you bet. know probably and, lots and, of them yeah, you know that's it's just like gas engines. You know they make too much, they discount them and sell them out. You know it's it's you're gonna see the same thing. That's right. Make room for the next year. I guess we'll wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was great. Great talking with you again, Peter. Yep. Great talking with you as always.
Yeah. Look, we'll look forward to another episode. That's right. And don't forget to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. We really got to push that. Uh, we don't, we don't push that enough. Oh, you yeah. can visit us at rpmnewsweekly.com or search us out on YouTube, RPM News Weekly. And, uh, all right. Have a good afternoon, everybody, or evening, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. See you next time. Take care. Thanks for joining us on the EV Power Podcast. If you'd like to hear more automotive news that goes behind the headlines, check out our other podcast, RPM News Weekly, or visit us at rpmnewsweekly.com. 